Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. This morning, Woo! could you imagine if all your stuff was wrapped and you just had fresh eyes, everything is brand new like that, water, clean water, a shower, would that be awesome to live that way? No, it wouldn't. Yeah, it would. It would. It'd be amazing. I've heard the difference between privilege and entitlement is gratitude. And so I trust that you, you know you have a lot to be thankful for this morning. I have a lot to be thankful for this morning. I'm thankful to be up here to, to get to share a word with you that God put on my heart this week. And um, I trust you had lots of food, too. Did you guys have lots of food this week? We got, we got a menu to remind you of the food that you had. And anybody go back for seconds or thirds? Or Forrest, Andy, Johnson, I see a couple of others, yeah. Um, lots of food in our bellies. And uh, hopefully, though, you came in with a, with a hungry spirit. Did you come in with a hungry spirit this morning? A, a, a spirit that's ready to eat, to consume God's word? Because that, that's what God wants, right? Doesn't that please God when we come in and, and we're hungry to hear a word from him? So I hope that's, that's our posture this morning. I know as a dad... When, uh, when we make a meal for our kids, and, and I have a, a teenage boy and a tweener boy, and uh, they sit down, and they're starting to out-eat me a little bit now, because um, I've learned portion control a little bit. Um, but they, they haven't yet. They're still in that, you know, eat as much as possible and then feel sick um, kind of mode. But uh, they, you know, it really, it just pleases my wife and I when we sit down at the table together, and our kids are hungry. They haven't snacked up until 5 o'clock, you know, and, and, they, and they don't say, I don't like that. That's, that's gross. No, that, I don't want that. Any parents been there? Anybody? You make a nice meal, you set it out there, and then you get the, I, I don't want that. Uh, it's, that's nasty. Broccoli? Seriously. I think it pleases God when we come in and we're ready, we're hungry for the word, right? We're hungry for him to speak to us, and he promises he will when we come in hungry. And so let's, let's pray this morning for our hearts that we would be more hungry and thirsty for him. God, thank you for this moment. Time is such a precious commodity, and we give you these next few moments. We ask that you'd use them for your glory, for your kingdom, that you would do something in us, do something new in us, breathe new life in us. God, we are hungry spiritually for you. So would you speak to us now, speak to our hearts and our minds. Help us to hear your voice, the whisper of your voice this morning. In your name, amen. All right, we're going to have the reading of the word this morning. I'm going to have you stand back up, actually. We need some extra exercise today, so we just thought, you know, stand up, sit down. We'll, we'll do that a few more times. Here it is, Luke 22. It's on your program. It's up on the screen. Hopefully you brought your Bible. We'd love to have you bring your Bible. And this is from the Dr. Luke, who 
who uh, wrote the, the book of Luke and Acts in the Bible, a first century doctor, and uh, we're going to hear what he says. This is verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jug of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks where the guest room is, where I may eat with my, the Passover with my disciples. He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. And they left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until, I, until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink it again until the fruit of the vine, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. The word of God. You can have a seat. This is the story of the Last Supper. You might think Christmas is kind of a weird time to start talking about the Last Supper. Isn't that more Easter? Easter time. But this could also be called the First Thanksgiving. Because the church for centuries has called this table right here that we're going to celebrate today the Eucharist. That's the name that the church has used. And even now the Catholic Church uses that word, the Eucharist, which literally in Greek means thanksgiving. That's what it means. This is the first table of thanksgiving. And that word Eucharisteo, it's, it's the word from verse 17 and 19 in here where Jesus took the, the cup and the, and the bread, and he gave thanks, Eucharisteo. And it's, it's from, the, from two root words. The, the root words are charis and kara, joy and grace, or grace and joy. This is the table of grace, the table of joy. This is where joy and grace are found, and this is where they abound, this table. That we're invited to. And so this Advent season, we are inviting, uh, we're going we're gonna to be around the table. We're going to be talking about the table. And uh, we have come up with the theme, Barn to Table. Um, it's really our theme that God came humbly. He came to this world. He put on flesh. He moved into the neighborhood so that he would die and, and be raised again and be able to invite us to his table of grace, his table of joy, this table where life abundantly is found in him, this table of connection. He came to connect with us. That's really what the table's all about, isn't it? It's a, it's a place where we connect, where we connect with each other, where we connect with God. And so this table 
is, is a reminder this morning and this whole month. It's going to be reminding us of what God did and who he is and what we can look forward to. We need reminders, don't we? Does anybody use reminders on their phone? Is that a helpful, a helpful thing? Does anybody, anybody still use post-it notes? Post-it notes? Yeah, a lot of people. Look at that. Wow, I thought those were out. Post-it notes are in. Um, our brains just forget really important stuff. They do. They, they can't keep it in. I mean, I, I hate when I forget where I left my keys or my wallet or that person's name that I just met three seconds ago. Does that ever happen to you? You meet someone and then three seconds later you're like, what is their name? I just met. They just told me their name. And I can't remember. We're forgetful people. And so this table that God has given us, it's a reminder. It reminds us of his goodness, of his grace, of his joy, of his connection. It's a reminder. It's a physical, physical reminder of a spiritual reality. We call that a sacrament. It's a spirit. It's a physical reminder of a spiritual reality. And the reality is that, that Jesus has come in the flesh, that God has come in the flesh, in the person of Jesus. And he's died for our sins, and he has been raised again, and he wants to bring us new life in him. He wants to live connected deeply, intimately with us. So I, I just want to give you three reminders today. Hopefully they're simple. Um, you can just take them away, and um, I, can, I can feed you some of these reminders the first one is this. The, this reminds us, this table reminds us that we belong, that we belong. That's it. This table reminds us that we belong. He has prepared a place at this table for you. I, I love in this passage when Jesus says to, to Peter and John, he says, go and make preparations. And they say, where do you want us to prepare it? And he says, go prepare it in the upper room. And then they say, they, they go and they make the preparations. You know, Luke is using this word, prepare, prepare. And they even say, you're going to find a guy with a jug of water, which, which in the first century, that didn't happen. Guys didn't carry around jugs of water. The women carried around jugs of water. So Jesus had obviously prepared this room in advance. He prepared this place for the disciples to meet, to gather, to have this intimate gathering. Preparation. God, Jesus prepares he has prepared for you to be at this table. You know you belong when someone's prepared for you, don't you? Don't you feel like you've, you belong there when, it, when, when someone has prepared a place? Especially when you go to a table and there's like a name at the table, your name. Is there, have you ever been to a party like that? It, we have Christmas dinner at my house. We have 14 of us that gather um, and we sit around the table and my mom has these cute little... Uh, I don't know what they're like, little name tags that she can write on. And she writes all of our names and she intentionally kind of puts them around the table where she wants people to eat. And, uh, and so we, we, you know, when you come to that table, I feel like I belong. I belong at that table. I, it's been prepared for me. This table was prepared with you in mind. I really believe that. That Jesus, when he set this table for his disciples, he also, in his, in his infinite wisdom, he knew there would be so many more people invited to this table. So I'm going to set this table for you. You are invited to this table. And the, the whole story of, of the Bible, it, the whole story of God is, a, is about him inviting us around a table 
to celebrate deliverance. That's the Passover table. And then Jesus turning Passover into this, this more amazing miracle of, of death and resurrection and that we can have life in him. Listen to this verse, Ephesians 2.19. You are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. It's out of the Living Bible. This is Psalm 23. It says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I love that line, that, that even when life feels like it's caving in, when life feels like it's not going the way you want it to, when there's enemies coming, God has prepared a table for you to remember you belong. You belong here. You belong in this family. Isn't it easy to feel like we don't belong? Am I the only one that's felt that? Like, I don't belong. Like, we don't quite fit the mold. We don't have enough money. We don't, we're, we're maybe too broken. Our story's too, too bad, our past. Maybe we're in a different stage of life. We feel like we don't belong. There's maybe a better place for us. It's, it's really easy to scroll through other people's feeds and think your life is lame, isn't it? And it's not. You, you belong. God, is saying you, God says you belong in this place, in this family, among these brothers and sisters. And we need to remind each other of that, don't we? We need to remind each other. Even me, as a pastor, I, I needed to be reminded of that. I had a good friend just stare me in the eyes and say, you belong here. You need this. This is your family. I want you to turn to the person next to you. I want you to look them in the eyes and say, you belong here. We all need to hear it, so just do that real quick. You belong here. All right, we're getting warmed up. Good job. Let me just remind us, you don't belong here on the basis of, of your appearance or the basis of your accomplishments or your net worth or anything external. We are reminded by this that grace is, is why you belong here. The grace of Jesus is why you belong in this place. It's nothing you've done. It's nothing you could do. You just belong because Jesus invited you into this place, right? And, and I think there's, let me just pause. I think there's a huge step of spiritual growth when you start coming to church and you start thinking about how am I going to make other people feel like they belong when it's not just about you coming to church there's there's another step of of growth when you say I'm going to come and I'm going to prepare a place for other people to belong is that awesome when you when you get to experience that like this band and the sound people and the setup people and the takedown people and the children's workers they come and they prepare a place for you to belong that's a, that's a step of maturity when you get to do that. You belong here. That's the first reminder. Second reminder. The table reminds us that we are loved. We're loved. It's pretty simple, but we all need to hear it. You need to hear it again. You are loved. Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. They were kicking back. They were having a good meal. They were enjoying some wine and some bread and the Passover meal. They had full bellies. And Jesus said, I, I have eagerly desired to be with you in this moment. 
I think he, he probably said a little bit more than that. Like, I'm so excited to, to be in this place with you guys and to let you in to what's going on. To let you in to this amazing plan that is happening right before your eyes. I'm going to tell you all about it. I'm going to let you into my heart, let you into my struggle, let you into what's happening before I suffer, before you see it. I'm going to let you see from my heart what, what, I, what I want you to know. And really, it's that I love you. That, that's what he was, was getting across to his disciples. This is what the table's about. It's about letting people in, right? When you sit at the table... And we, we turn off all the distractions and we let people in to our heart. Let people in to what's really going on. That's what Jesus does. He wants to let us in. I'm pretty convinced one of God's love languages is food. Are you? Anybody else? Because food is good. It's, it's really good. And there are, uh, I don't know if you knew this, there, I, I just read this, there are 10,000 taste buds in your mouth. 10,000. Why, why would God put 10,000 taste buds in a little area like your mouth? Seriously. What, what, is, the, what is the purpose of that? I, I think it's because when we're at the table, he wants us to enjoy food. He wants us to enjoy the taste, the creativity. He wants us to enjoy all that he's, he's done, and, and he wants us to connect at the table. That, that's, that was his design, is that when we would sit down and we'd enjoy food, we'd also enjoy each other's presence, and we'd enjoy God's presence. We'd remember his goodness, his abundance, his grace. I don't know if you've ever tried that, that running stuff called goo. I'm pretty sure Satan created that, because it's really, really gross, and we're not meant to run and eat at the same time. I don't know why that's a thing. Uh-oh. I'm going to have to jump down here. I lost my notes. Okay, I'm back. I needed some extra exercise. Okay. Woo, that was fast. I didn't have goo for that, but I needed some, I guess. Um, Where was I? So we were made to linger at this table to recline together. This reminds us, this table reminds us that God loves us. He wants to connect with us. He wants to be intimate with us. I love how N.T. Wright captured this. This is a quote. When Jesus himself wanted to explain to his disciples what his coming death was all about, he didn't give them a theory. He gave them a meal. He gave them a meal. Jesus didn't take his disciples through a seminary chorus and, and make sure they knew all the specific theological arguments about his death. He brought them around a table and he shared his heart. That's what he does. He wants you to know him. He wants you to hear his voice. I love uh, Dan McManus's story that he, he sat in a church for years and years faithfully and studied the Bible and, and learned and sat under the teaching and served and was a faithful churchgoer, one of our leaders here. And, and, uh, and then one day he realized, someone, someone let him in, that God is still speaking, actually. God still wants to whisper to you. He wants to, if you slow down enough, if you, if you get quiet, 
his voice is real. He wants to talk to you. And that just blew his mind. And he ended up writing the pastor of his old church and it's just like, hey, I, I wish you would have told me God still speaks today. And he does. He wants us to know him. I think we often miss the power of a statement because we, we, don't, we don't know when, when we're reading scripture, we're not first century Jewish people. And um, I'm going I'm to channel my Holly Beers here. So we're going to think like first century Jewish people. And um, we are going to look at this statement. I, I was reading about some Jewish customs and especially the, the custom marriage customs in the first century Jewish tradition, when a young man was ready to propose to a woman, they would have a meal as a family, the families together. And at that meal, the father would pour uh, wine into a glass and give it to his son, and the son would take it. And he, in order to propose, he would say this. He said, this is a new covenant in my blood, which I offer to you. So you can imagine when the disciples are sitting around this table and Jesus gets up and he says, this is a new covenant. This is the new covenant in my blood, which I offer to you. It's a powerful moment. He's saying, I choose you. I love you. I want you. I commit my life to you. Will you commit to me? Will you covenant yourself to me? Will you live with my presence in you at all times? It's so amazing that we, when we take the bread and the wine and we, we eat them, he gave us this symbol that actually goes inside of our body. And at a cellular level now, because we, we know science, we, our bloodstream absorbs what we've eaten. It's such a crazy physical reminder that Jesus is always present in us, with us, at all times. He's that intimate. Okay, we belong. We, we're loved. I've given you guys some good appetizers. Now it's time for some veggies. Are you ready? Jesus uh, reminds us at this table to embrace the breaking. He broke bread. He broke it. He said, this is my body that's broken for you. And what do we see? We see the next day his body literally broken for the sins of the world. He took on all the sins of the world. His body was broken. And then came the, the resurrection, came the life. He broke the curse of sin. And then Jesus rose from the dead and became alive. That's, that's what this book, that's what the eyewitnesses tell us. He did it. The breaking leads to the breakthrough. Am I preaching to myself this morning? The breaking leads to the breakthrough. I read the 160 prayer requests we had few weeks ago. There's, there's a lot of breaking. There's a lot of people being broken by life. It's hard. 
hard to read through those. But I'm here to say today, there is hope in the breaking. There's so much hope. God takes the breaking and he uses it. This table reminds us, you guys, as we gather around it, that the breaking is worth it. That he's going to take it and he's going to break in. When you feel life breaking, God is poised to break in. He's poised to do something. And so we can, we can trust that. Listen to this quote from Henry Nouwen. Our life is full of brokenness, broken relationships, broken promises, broken expectations. How can we live with that brokenness without becoming bitter and resentful except by returning to God's faithful presence in our lives? Brokenness is God's requirement for maximum usefulness. Brokenness, God's requirement for maximum usefulness. Don't be afraid of the breaking. I had the privilege of visiting some friends, some of my best friends this fall in South Africa, and we uh, got to go to the Apartheid Museum, which is in Joburg. And uh, it was an amazing experience to, to see what this country had gone through, even in the last 20 years and apartheid falling and what Nelson Mandela did in that country and for that country. And uh, I, I think what just shocked me was kind of learning about his early life and then that he went to prison for 27 years and he came out such a gentle, gracious, forgiving, loving man. Um, blew my mind. It really did. It, it just, it floored me. And as I tried to read every quote, I tried to just start learning about him a little bit more. And I, I looked at Robben Island, and uh, we didn't get to go to Robben Island, but Robben Island is where the prison was, where he was. It's nine kilometers off the Cape of, of South Africa. And it's in the tumultuous waters of the Atlantic Ocean. And it was used as, pr- as a prison for hundreds of years, I think since the 1600s, used as a prison. But now... It's a museum to be visited by anyone. What was once a prison became a museum. How does that happen? What was once a prison became a museum. What was a place of extreme brokenness and pain and suffering was transformed into a place of freedom and joy and victory on display. Are you eating what I'm dishing out here this morning? Anybody? Anybody eating this? Are you following me? God transforms a prison into a museum. God can transform your prison into a museum of his glory. That's what this table reminds us of. He wants to break open, break open the prisons that we live in the prisons of of addiction, the prisons of faulty thinking, the prisons of generational sin, the prison of fear, the prison of disease or insecurity, prisons of I'm not enough or always striving or comparison, the prison of money, comfort, security, depression. God wants to break. He wants to break open those prisons. 
that we get stuck in and we get caught in. We need to embrace the breaking. This is, this is where God does his best work, isn't it? It's in the breaking. We got to remember that. When we, I know it's so hard for me. I want, I want the easy life. I want the comfortable life. But it's in the breaking that God is doing his best work. It's like going to the gym and doing the heavy lifting. That's what the breaking feels like when you're in the middle of it, isn't it? I heard someone say this week that there's no fruit on the mountaintop. The fruit is found in the valley. That is where the fruit is found. So you go, you embrace the valley. God is going to use the valley. He's, I'm preaching to myself here this morning. I'm so inspired by people who have let God break the prison that they've lived in and use it for his glory. We got a, just a couple, a couple quick stories um, that I thought of. One of them is, is Andrew in our church, and he was just in the prison of fear after beating cancer. Fear that it would come back. Struggled with it. And we walked together, and, and I, I saw God break off, break him out of fear so much that he, he felt God calling him to go into the cancer ward at Cottage and talk to people who had cancer and bring hope and life. I don't know if you've met Drew in our church, but he, he's a guy who found himself in the prison of pornography addiction and God broke him and through that breaking God broke him out of addiction and now he has a ministry to people struggling with pornography and God is using that God's using that and his glory is on display it's amazing God wants to turn your prison into a museum he, his breaking that's, that's what he does. That's where he does his best work. Will you let him? Will you let him? Will I let him? Jesus didn't come to, to die and raise from the dead just so we could go to church and just so we could have nice rituals like this. That's not what he did. He died and he rose again so that he could breathe new life into our bones. So that he could bring us into a new, into, under his power. So he could bring us into freedom. So that he could transform us. So that he could overturn the graves that, that we still fall into. And we could be people that point to God and to his grace and to his joy and to his forgiveness. And so I hope this, this table encourages you today. I'm going to invite the band to come up. We're going to come to the table. If you're interested in some more veggies, there's a, a book called The Broken Way that is about the breaking. And it's a really good book. And Voskamp, you could take a look at that. And I also uh, I want to just mention the, the barn to table again, the, the menu we have. And our hope and desire is that, you know, maybe before you invite someone to church, you, in, you invite them to your table. We talk a lot about spiritual disciplines, about prayer, and about solitude, and about retreat, and about service. Who's up for the spiritual discipline of eating? 
Anybody? I, I know I am. I, I'm, I'm up for that one. That's what we're asking you to do, just the spiritual discipline of eating together and connecting over a table and sharing God's goodness with a friend. How about building gingerbread houses and, and inviting people into your home to build some gingerbread houses or come invite some people to the Christmas parade on Friday? So those are some response uh, I'm going to have you stand up before we take communion and we get ready here. I want to pray for you. Faith is an emotion-activated thing. So when we respond, that's when God, God starts working as we respond to him. This is one of the responses we come to this table. But I want to pray over, over some of you today, and maybe something in this message hit you, or, or you heard something, or God whispered, or nudged something. So I'm just going to have you bow your heads, and maybe uh, you're in a breaking season, and, and your, your willingness to just embrace God's breaking, whatever he's doing, you want to express that to him today. I'm going to have you just, you just raise your hand up that God would break in and break through and do what only he can do in your life. If you, if you want that this morning, if you feel like, that's me, I, I need God's breakthrough in my life, you just raise your hand up. Maybe you just want to receive Jesus' love in a deeper way, and you want to recommit your heart to him and recovenant your life to him, or maybe for the first time, you want to experience his love. I just want you to raise your hand up, raise your hand up and say, I want that. I want to, I'm going to recommit my life. I'm going to covenant my life to you, Jesus. I want to identify with you. Or maybe this morning you just need to know that you belong, that you belong. Maybe you feel just misplaced. You feel like you've come in from Thanksgiving and, and uh, gosh, you don't even feel like you belong in your own family you to raise, raise your hand up and just feel God saying, you belong here with those hands raised. Let me pray, pray over you guys. God, thank you for what you're doing. Lord, thank you for being the God that, that moves, the God that breathes life, the God that takes dry bones and puts them together and breathes your spirit into us. God, I pray just for all, all, all of us in here, God, that we would sense your love, we would sense your, your, just, your family around us, and God, that we would be able to embrace the breaking that you're doing. God, break those things in us that keep us stuck. Break those things in us where you want to bring freedom, and I pray that this table this month, this Christmas season, this would be an amazing season to get close to you, to get intimate with you, to connect deeper with you. So we come to your table. We ask that you move. You do what only you can do in us and through us. And we are going to be museums of your glory, God. We, we want to be museums that point to how good and gracious and amazing you are. So we thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. We pray this in your name. And everybody said... Amen. All right, when you're ready, come on down, experience communion, experience the presence of God. And we got some people on the sides to pray. If you want to you have a blessing or 
uh, just have somebody pray for you today. We'd love to have just that time with you. So come and, and share some time in prayer with us. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.